0: Okay, let's get it, bitch. Let's get it. got a plan. We gon' kill this man. The gun won't jam. It's on on sight. I might get life. That's on my life. The bobo will bite. The green light. To build that price. to build up nice. The guy won't die. Okay, let's get it, bitch. Let's get it. Just Can't wait to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. I don't know anybody anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know like five people, so that's trending.
1: I don't know. I am it.
0: That's strange. I, mean, I don't
1: know. We'll see.
0: Uh, it's distorting my concept of time. It was like the other week where I played Outer Worlds, and I was like, man, how long has it been since we did the podcast? Did I actually edit and send you the, the Neverending Story podcast? You did. Uh, I don't started. even remember doing that. <laughs>
1: I would have uh, by now if you had not sent it to me. I would have. Uh, I would have reached out. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it was
0: like last night after I got done playing Death Stranding. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm like halfway. But I was done for the night. And I was laying in bed and I was like, "Ooh, did hmm, did that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I did it before Death Stranding came out, so I'm sure I did it based on my normal schedule. It's just like right now everything is. After Death Stranding came out, and then whatever happened before that, <laughs> I don't really remember.
1: <laughs> you're gonna have a uh, b- b- pre DS and after DS as your time.
0: Uh, I guess I won't talk about it too much. I'll reserve my uh, commentary and critiques of it until after I actually finish it. But Spoilers. First thing, spoilers. The, Not all the spoilers. Right big now. thing, though, is um, uh, when it was before it came out and people didn't really know what it was going to be like there's a lot of people like oh it's just a walking sim there's not going to actually be like any gameplay or blah 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 in my opinion so far the gameplay is fun there's something satisfying about making deliveries and making sure your car goes just right and deciding I've, what you need to take and stuff I remember Paperboy however I hate how much time it takes to play video games at this point and uh, I, in my opinion I think there's too much gameplay <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to get through the story not that it's not fun i'm having a good time it's definitely not for everybody but just because i'm like i feel like i'm on a time crunch because i got shit to do and i uh just i don't know it just feels like a little lot of at this point it feels like busy work in between story beats basically it suffers from being a video game (laughs) but um, i guess i'll finish it before i talk talk about it more later Instead, uh, we can talk about um, WWE stranded in Saudi Arabia. Did they finally get out? <laughs> yeah, they got out. Oh, okay. That was a close call.
1: <laughs> That's all I basically know about it. I don't know. what. The, I don't think um, there's a bunch of like rumors floating around, right? And there's obviously the, uh, the official WWE story, which seems like a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what the situation is, what the deal is. But it sounds like Vince somehow pissed somebody off in Saudi Arabia and they, uh, they held a bunch of wrestlers hostage. And, st- and staff. Too. Oh,
0: they like legitimately home hostage? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, like well, not like pointed a gun at him. Yeah, but, like, but I pulled them off the p- plane when they were uh, getting ready to take off and held them there for like 48 hours.
0: Damn, I guess I didn't know all the details. I thought it was just kind of like, Nah, I guess that makes sense. I just, Yeah. I <laughs> You're know.
1: like, no, I, never mind. This all tracks what I yeah. know about Saudi Arabia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Saudi Arabia just didn't have any planes available. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's wild. That's a weird time to be alive. How come um Donald Trump didn't step up to bail out his boy Vince McMahon?
1: <laughs> oh, you would think so, considering uh you he's know, friends
0: in Saudi Arabia and Vince McMahon,
1: and his wife works in
0: the cabinet. Does she still work for him, or she, she stepped uh, down?
1: Oh, didn't? Oh, I think she still works for him.
0: Yeah, I mean what. Sh- <laughs> Remember um, the like Attitude Era storyline with her where she was like comatose for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she... Attitude does some weird shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sable, I need you to get out there and show your titties. <laughs> <laughs> the ratings are through the roof. Everyone loves Sable. Oh, can we show a butthole on national TV? No, nah, what if it's mine? Yeah, remember they are all about kissing asses and stuff? This man and like his like circle of friends are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, duh. I guess that's what it's like when you're a billionaire. I Ooh. wouldn't, I wouldn't know, and probably never will. Yeah. Was he a billionaire back then? It might have only been recently. He's become a billionaire. Who gives a shit? He was rich enough. Oh yeah. Uh huh. He was born rich, so fuck him. Uh, the Watchmen TV show. If you watched the Watchmen? Nah. You're not someone who's watching the Watchmen. Yeah, I'm watching Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen?
1: Nah, I don't think a lot of people apparently not very many people yeah. since the
0: ratings aren't very good.
1: Again, like um, I it's just, I'm not interested in a Watchmen sequel that Al Moore didn't write.
0: Yeah, and, and he has no interest in writing a sequel because it's a self-contained story. Why would there need to be a sequel? Prophets. Uh, there's. The, are is. The, are we in Cold War Part Two? Sometimes it does feel like we are still kind of in the Cold War, but that's uh, not addressed at all in the HBO Watchmen show. So they still have the. Uh, is, uh, clock motif a lot, like it's counting down to something, but there hasn't been any really revelation of what that event would be. Who's president?
1: It can't be Nixon anymore, right? Oh, it's
0: Robert Redford. The real
1: Robert Redford?
0: Well, Robert Redford's not in it, but the actor Robert Redford is president. Is president. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hmm. I might be okay with that. If I had to pick an actor for president, He could. I could do worse than Robert Redford.
0: That's the thing. There's little elements of it that are interesting and, like, cute, but I don't know. It's... Um, I'm just an Alan Moore stan, so it's like, fuck off, Damon Lindelof and HBO, you fucking capitalist pieces of shit, leave it alone.
1: I'm not saying Alan Moore stan, but at the same time, I am. That he's dude. right. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: dude's great. He's fucking great. He loves The Simpsons. He loves magic.
1: He still loves The Simpsons?
0: Oh, well, no. But he's he's a Simpsons fan where like, oh yes, seasons one through ten, roughly. He appeared in an episode of Simpsons, though, but like, not till, like season 20 or some shit. You
1: should try to write an episode of The Simpsons. He gave pro- Seth Rogen an episode. Oh, really? Yeah, remember that? For, like five or six years ago.
0: Oh, that's weird. I don't know. if uh, Alan Moore's The Simpsons episode would probably be pretty good. Maybe weird, though. I would expect it to be weird. He's gotten like overly verbose in his old age. Because remember, you got oh, me his book. Oh, old fucks do. Yeah, you got me his book, Jerusalem. Yeah,
1: his really... Uh he loves his adjectives.
0: It was this is a dense, symbolist tome. <laughs> yeah. It was a poem about
1: a serial killer. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a lot going on in that book. Well, it, it opens up with like a girl remembering her childhood memory of like angels and shit, and you're like, oh, all right, let's um, let's see where Strap this go- <laughs> let's see where this goes. It's called Jerusalem, but it's about like Manchester, right?
1: That's his Jerusalem. Yeah, it's right? his, his holy idea? city. Yeah.
0: Interesting guy, that Alan Moore. Um, writers in the same league as Alan Moore. Uh, try this on for size. You ready? Keenan Ivory Wayans. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Uh,
1: I mean, like, I don't I don't know what the deal was with uh, the, this movie. It's, like, not quite as tight as, like, Airplane, but it's the same kind of idea. And this is, like, we, I mean, you, you can look at some of the other Wayne brothers. Obviously, this isn't, like, the... Before the Wayne brothers is really when they're Keen and I Wayne's getting started. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is before in Living Color.
1: But like, yeah, and like uh, the screw, the scary movies are basically the same idea.
0: Yeah, scary movies directed by Keenan. I don't know if this movie One is just two.
1: like had a low budget or it was just shot way too quickly, but it's just not as tight as I would as, uh, as I was hoping for.
0: Um, so my memory
1: of this movie is, is different, but that could be confusing with just other Black movies that are confused.
0: Yeah, so uh, when we ma- recorded the Airplane episode, we said, oh, probably, we probably shouldn't do any more broad comedies, right? But I wanted to do this one. just pe- Well, mostly, a lot of times we watch stuff on this just because I feel like watching it. So that, and then also uh, Dolomite came out, or My Name is Dolomite, rather. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, we could talk about both of them and talk and then, about uh, Blaxploitation uh, and, and stuff.
1: Start- Working for Eddie Murphy,
0: right? Yeah, um in fact, uh the idea for this movie, I'm gonna get you sucker, was uh pitched by Eddie Murphy to Keenan Everyways. Oh so that's pretty cool. Uh that ties it all together. Uh he even came up with the title of the movie. And then Keenan was like, Yeah, uh let me get that story. Let me me do that movie. Um yeah, like you said, it you can see this is like the nucleus of all the Wayans movies that are to come, really. I think this one's actually the best though. You can see all the ingredients that they're gonna like put too much of into the later movies. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene in this one remember he steps on a dead guy's body and there's a loud fart noise. So <laughs> it's like that's funny, because like, it just happens that one time in the movie, but you know like later on in Keenan and the other Wayans career it's gonna everything is just gonna be like farts and butts and you know just I mean, I'll say, like, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: that's a lot of like Sean and, and Marlon's output yeah like Marlon isn't trying to be serious mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't like Damon Wayans does some other shit
0: oh yeah that's in this movie so Damon Wayans is in this movie playing uh Leonard one of the like lackeys of Mr. Big yeah him and uh Kadeem Washington Kadeem Washington's really getting into his partner
1: um yeah, him. Uh, he was one of my favorite character in uh, Another World. Is that what it is? Yeah, Another World. And then the girl, Cheryl. Yeah, she's from Another World. She's in right? Another
0: World too. Yeah, both of them. Damn, ones. still got it. At the same time, or the same time this movie was being yeah, made, Another they World. were doing. No, the only color has to be like what two years, a year's ago. Yeah, 1990, so two years after this. Yeah, so, Dan- anyways, Damon Wayans plays Leonard in it, and it's, like, you can tell he's the star of the family yeah. in this movie. He's got, like, all the charisma. Every scene he's in, it's just, like, it's well, just, Let me see more of that Damon Wayans. Yeah, just let me see more of some more Damon.
1: He has the funniest fucking girly scream in comedy. <clears throat> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind
0: of... That, that was, like, one of his signature moves for a while. Yeah, right? <laughs> Do you know Homie the Clown's based off of uh, Paul Mooney? yeah i can see it yeah there's a scene um like where leonard and uh keenan's character i forget jack right jack spade jack spade Spade. john (laughs) Slade. yeah uh where they first like meet face to face and i was like looking at and was like i mean you guys are obviously brother, <laughs> yeah. And also, Keenan kind of looks like he could be the dad of all the other Wayans because of his hairline. <laughs> well, he's the older brother. Yeah, he's like quite a bit older than some of them. Like Sean and Marlon are quite a bit younger than Keenan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kim Wayans is also in the movie for a little bit, right? Is she? Yeah, they lampoon it where she's performing on stage as a oh. singer, and like, oh, it's the director's sister. I think that's Kim Wayne's the one that ends yeah, up yeah, being yeah. in Living Color. Since we're a podcast about nostalgia movies and shit, and we're on you know, it's the internet, it's a podcast, and it's, it's relatively mainstream movies. I'm gonna guess that the audience that we have, if we have an audience, are mostly uh white nerds. <laughs> so I think it's probably good for us to maybe just talk about black exploitation a little bit.
1: Oh wait wait, before we get into black exploitation, I wanna I said this off air, but, uh, I watched this movie by subscribing to a free trial on Amazon through Brown Sugar, which I believe once I got into it and looked at it, it's like a, it's like a, a like black folk, uh,
0: movies. Yeah.
1: But I was looking through the movies and there's some shit. Like, here's a, I was scrolling through cause I'm like, I'm going to watch some of these. Right. And so it's like, well, Fox- did they
0: have any of the good ones on Yeah. It? yeah
1: well, so it's like Foxy Brown, Superfly, oh. Black Caesar, and then Hollywood Homicide starring, uh, Harrison Ford and Josh Harton.
0: Why is that on there? I don't
1: know. Uh, they did uh, have the original mm-hmm. Dolomite, which I'll probably watch again this weekend.
0: 1975's Dolomite.
1: Dolomite. Uh, also, the sequel a to uh, Cleopatra Jones, where she goes to Hong Kong.
0: Is it called Cleopatra Jones Goes to Hong Kong? No, I think it's called Cleopatra
1: Jones and the City of Gold or something like that. All right. So that's a movie so. they're referencing. Uh, in I'm going to get you, sucker. Mm. All right, so go into your uh history lesson.
0: Oh, well, it's just real simple. So anyone who doesn't know, there's a period in the uh, late 60s on to about the early 80s where uh, the studio system was in full swing, very powerful. And so you weren't seeing any, a lot of violence or sex or anything like that in movies. So that spawned a genre that are called exploitation movies. Exploitation movies w- were just that. They exploited sex and violence to get people into theaters. Simple as that. A lot of good exploitation movies. Another bigger problem with the studio system, and probably society at large, I'm guessing, in that time period, is there wasn't a lot of black voices. (laughs) Yeah, I know for a fact it's society at large. Wasn't a lot of black voices in film. There wasn't any black stories. Nothing about black culture, really. The only time you saw black people is when they are being real polite to their white saviors and stuff. That sort of thing. You know, a real Green Book situation just all over the place. (laughs) So... A new genre, era, film emerged: black exploitation movies that were made specifically. It's called black exploitation, but I think the exploitation element isn't. I don't. The exploitation element is not as strong because they're usually produced, directed, written, and filmed by black people. So it's more like they're creating films for their own audience. Finally, you know, not necessarily exploiting black people to. White people. And some of them did cross over and become white people hits. That's why, like, we know about it. Well, I guess we know about them from seeing it on TV growing up and stuff. Yeah. But fucking everyone knows about Shaft, right?
1: Yeah, that's gotta be the number one.
0: Shaft's the number one black exploitation film. Major crossover hit. Isaac Hayes' soundtrack. Richard Roundtree being Shaft. Shaft's all over the place. Was he in the new Shaft? He was, yeah. It was a three gra- generation He was Grandpa Shaft, the original Shaft. That's cool. Did you see the new Shaft? Uh, I just, like,. I just I'd rather just watch Shaft, you know.
1: I don't even really like the Sam Jackson Shaft.
0: I don't think I don't know if I ever saw it. I remember the trailers for it. Listen, it wasn't good. I think the trailer for it is like what made me. Watch, like, oh, never mind. <laughs> well, it made me watch like Shaft as an adult, like not on TV, because you know they're edited for TV oh, back yeah, there. TV Shaft, even yeah. a late
1: night TV show, or uh, Shaft is, uh, is for
0: TV. Yeah. So the first time I saw Shaft for reals is probably when they had the re- the. Sam Jackson one came out and That's I was still like, like
1: late '90s, isn't it? Early 2000s, I think. Is it
0: really? Yeah, I was wow. probably like 14 or something, and I was like, you know what? I'll just watch Shaft. <laughs> yeah, and then, so the idea Eddie Murphy said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we hey, did? Hey, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if um, <laughs> we got like all the black exploitation heroes back together and blah blah blah? I mean, I'm gonna get you, sucker." And they even, let's even do a theme song for it. (laughs) I'm
1: gonna get you, sucker. I'm gonna get you, sucker. (laughs) It's not a very good one. Never has a film moved so many and touched so deeply. United Artists is proud to present, I am going to get you,
0: sucker. A
1: captivating
0: story. Yo, baby, hold it. That ain't it. It's I'm gonna get you sucker. Yes. And it's the story of the brother's fight. Yes. Against
1: Mr. B. Yes, well. Let's get that sucker. Yes.
0: It's about action. Bravery. I'm a soldier, man. I've been trained for combat. Let's go ahead,
1: it.
0: Romance. Twelve inches and danger. If y'all step on my bunny, I'll kill both of you. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Let's get that sucker. It's the good guys against the bad guys. Oh, how come their guns are so much bigger than ours? It's a phallic thing. I don't know. Good girls against the bad guys. You must got the devil in you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's. Bad guys against the bad guys. Now you boys can leave either through the window or
1: the stairs. We gonna take the stairs. We we'll take the stairs.
0: I'm gonna get you, sucker. You know what I mean, brother? <laughs> well, actually, I don't. You know, I didn't grow up around blacks. Now I grew up in the suburbs. My dad was a lawyer, my mom was a doctor, and all of my friends were white. chump. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> no. It's got passion. <laughs> rhythm and soul Great brother. who are these guys
1: it's my theme music every good hero you should have some
0: I'm gonna get don't say that I'm gonna get you sucker even if you can't say it you got to see it I got you sucker and then Keenan Everett Williams was like yes I will do it somehow he got like a production company to put up money for it this is 1988 and Keenan Ivory Wayans is an absolutely unknown commodity at this point. Like how did it happen? I guess it's gotta be Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I mean the Wayans <laughs> were like part of the like the black comedy scene for sure. Like they know Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney, uh Child Molester?
1: Yeah, it kinda seems like it maybe.
0: <laughs> e- <laughs> Anyways, the reason he's homie me the clown though because <laughs> <laughs> Paul Mooney's, you know, kind of like a jerk. Right, like Homie is and then Paul Mooney's known for calling everyone homie. Uh unfortunately they weren't really able to get um any of the major black exploitation stars for you? I mean they got Jim Brown uh, and <laughs> <Are you laughs> Yeah they got Bernie Jim Casey. Yeah.
1: I mean Bernie Casey's he's a, a legitimate star, right?
0: Yeah, he's in Cleopatra Jones. Right. Yeah. So well I mean he's
1: also like he's he has I am like the, he has some of the most charisma in this movie.
0: But I mean my thing alright, so they Richard Roundtree's not in it. Yeah, we're, you know, like he couldn't get shaft. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I got it. They had to have offered him a role, though, right? And he's probably like, nah. I
0: didn't. Couldn't find anything about that, but um, so they did offer Ron O'Neill a role. He turned it down because he was uh, tired of being super fly, <laughs> which is. It
1: uh, was he gonna? He assumed he was gonna play the um uh, the Pim character, yeah, for well, sure. The fly guy,
0: fly guy, yeah. And then former Oakland Raiders, Fred Williamson and exploitation Hero uh, was offered a part in the film. Most of his exploitation filmography, I cannot say as a white person. I'll just say he's best known for Boss N-Word. It kind of made the rounds on the internet a few years ago as a meme, the trailer for the movie. It's actually pretty good. Uh, he has a lot of other movies that have N-Word in it. It was cool that at the time they were taking it back, putting strength to it, right? You know, he's like the tough sheriff of white Wild West, and he's the boss. That's cool, but um, check it out. Just don't say the n word if you're a white person, because I don't know why you kids think that shit's cool. <laughs> but yeah, so we got Bernie Casey. He's John Slade, uh, famously in Bill and Ted's as their teacher. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, his black exploitation uh, credentials, but pretty much just clear. Patrick Jones actually, because he didn't start acting until kind of the end of the black exploitation era. Um, and then Antonio Fargus, fly guy, he's in Foxy Brown, playing a relatively similar character. Uh Steve James, he's Kung Fu Joe. Kung Fu Joe. So he's not He's a
1: di- direct more of a director, right?
0: Well, he's not um necessarily a black exploitation star. He's uh, a okay, fucking American Ninja, Delta Force, the Exterminator. Yeah. He's just the eighties action kind of guy. Uh Isaac Hayes' hammer. We everyone knows who Isaac Hayes <laughs> is. <laughs> we don't have to go over that too much. You damn right. Yeah. He's got a melodious voice. You don't enjoy
1: it? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you don't
0: talk. like my melodious voice. I love that he's just singing so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um Jim Brown is I, I would say he's probably the most famous besides Isaac Hayes, right? Everyone kinda of knows Jim Brown, I think. He's You would
1: say he's more famous as a football player or as an
0: actor. He's to me I know him more as an actor because I was really young when he played for the or I was either not alive or very young when he played for the Browns. And also, do not give a fuck about football, or the, especially the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's like the best like running back or whatever for the Browns of all time. He's got the most yards, or is he wide receiver? I don't remember. That's what I mean. I don't know shit about football. Uh, I'd love to see him play rugby though.
1: <laughs>
0: but you, uh, Jim Brown, fucking is slammer. All right, he's in the Dirty Dozen. He's in Black Gun and Slaughter. Uh, the running Isn't he man in
1: a movie called Hammer.
0: Uh I don't know, maybe, but uh if Mars attacks, I love him Mars oh, attacks yeah. when he just punches aliens. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh the mother, Ma Bell, this is played by Jeanette Dubois. She was in Five on the Black Hand Side, Black Exploitation film, a few other ones, but that was the only one that I personally knew. It's also got like the coolest title. And then Cheryl, Don Lewis, this is uh she's the one that's on Um, Another World Another World This is her first movie I I was want to say Different Strokes But that's not It's not (laughs) It's um, This is her first movie But I mean this is the very beginning of her career At this point Going through her filmography though She's been in um, everything (laughs) She's got like 300 credits She's been on a lot of TV shows A lot of movies and shit
1: She has has to do an unfortunate joke Involving cramps and my doll Yeah mm, That's pretty bad It also doesn't need to be in that scene at all
0: um, uh, uh, amazing cameo by Clue Goliger as Lieutenant Baker. Who's that? That's Bert from Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Hell yeah, he did it, man. Also, this movie um, filmed about three years after Return of the Living Dead. He aged so much in those three yeah, he years. he poorly. I yeah. did not recognize him at all. He must have, like, started drinking again after Return of the Living Dead or something. And, like, he's like, all right, now it's time to die. <laughs> uh john vernon is mr big oh, our um, second
1: john vernon movie
0: yeah he's uh um i don't know he's in cowboy shit he's lots of villains He was always just a villain being a dick he's
1: got that villain voice he's yeah. got a good gravelly throaty villain voice
0: and then of course damon wayans and i didn't him, uh, really like
1: kadim that much in this you didn't like him as Willie? yeah i thought he
0: was cute and then, like, he reminded me of my childhood because hit another world in this movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> Kadeem. Whatever happened to him? And I went through his filmography. And last
1: I, time I remember seeing him was on Everybody Hates Chris as
0: like a judge. Yeah. Church. Yeah. I was like, man, I haven't seen him in so long. And I went through his filmography and, like, not anything I would recognize him in. But I could have sworn he's been around still. I feel like I see him sometimes. Yeah, I see
1: him like, that's what I'm talking about. I remember seeing him everybody Hates Chris, but that's the last yeah. time I was
0: seeing. Him. Marlon Wayans has a cameo. When Fly Guy comes out with his platform oh. shoes, and there's people like falling after and laughing at him, the guy that's like closest to him, you can see a little Marlon Wayans. He looks like he's about 15 or 16.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that that scene with Fly Guy when he comes out of the jail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just thinks
0: he's gonna because he's, he's wearing like, he's 70s a
1: cock a lock. Yeah,
0: over the top 70s pimp shit, and he's like, "Yeah, I got this," but he's been in jail for like 10 years, obviously. <laughs> Everyone's just talking shit. <laughs> I like when he breaks the platform. There and he's like, "He has to like compensate for the size difference." Fucking hilarious. Um it is like not, it is like kind of loose. Uh the budget's not really there, but it yeah, is I mean, that I think that made it more constrained than like the Wayne's brothers will go on to be in their films. Obviously, In Living Color is going to come out in 2 years and that's going to be like prime Wayne's brother shit. And then Damon went, I
1: fucking love me so close You remember going to school after like the your mama um like, like
0: the the best your mama jokes like they had a the it, contest, right? Yeah like, a contest, yeah. And then the next day everyone in school would be like clowning on each other, yeah, <laughs> trying to get like their your mama jokes out. Oh you remember also I remember like so uh clowning on people is like in my vernacular now, but that came along later, like when junior high era or whatever. But remember when you we were really young, people used to say uh capping, right? Oh, we cap on, we're capping on you. But <laughs> now you're thinking about it, it's like, oh, that's when you shoot someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how uh, slang changes. This is also in the Bay Area where all slang seems to be born. So it's cutting edge at the time. <laughs> Everyone else just copies that shit. Makes it famous. Looking at you, Drake. You fucking Canadian. you fucking Canadian piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> fucking
1: nerd Jimmy! Oh, where's my tuna sandwich, mother? Mm,
0: tuna. Oh, Sean Wayne is also in that crowd. Sean and Marlon are in the crowd. Oh. Like, yeah. I just only saw Marlon, though.
1: You remember the uh, Wayne's Brothers TV show, right? Yeah, it was oh, good.
0: Man. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. <laughs> yeah. Give me a high five. Uh, I didn't realize how subversive that opening was. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they're just taking the piss out of like normal sitcoms and how black people are portrayed usually on TV. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's <was> pretty good. <laughs> nice work, Wayne's Brothers. Yeah, that was after The Living Color kind of fell apart. Yeah, that's why like, was like Keenan and What's um, on, like
1: WB and UPN.
0: Oh, yeah. UPN. Remember Living Single?
1: I do. I remember Queen Latifah. Hell yeah. Black friends, yeah. although it was before Friends, so maybe Friends is black uh, living single or no, your white, white living single.
0: <laughs> well, look. Well, would you look here? <laughs> it looks like white people stealing stuff from black culture yet again. Who could have guessed?
1: Queen Latifah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if I were there, so, I would have been like, "I'm suing you, NBC." <laughs> I know what you did here. Uh, John Cusack almost made an appearance in this film. In fact, they even filmed his appearance.
1: Oh, that would been cool. Hi, like John Cusack.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Peter McCarthy, who uh, was the producer, he persuaded John Cusack, uh, with whom he had worked before, to appear in the last big shootout scene as a delivery boy. <laughs> well, it sounds good, pretty so far, right? Yeah. He was shot multiple times and was burned by several of the nearly twenty squibs attached to his body. <laughs> and then they didn't use the scene. So. <laughs>
1: And no, actually, that's better. I like it better this <laughs> way.
0: I do too. I like more just a tidbit. Like <laughs> they just fucked up John Cusack and didn't use the scene. Uh, at the very end of the movie, you get to see uh, KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Also, Fishbone. The uh, I I call them. I always like simplify and say they're a ska band, but they're obviously like ska dub reggae. Africa. They thing. yeah, they do a lot of different styles. Uh, they're in it too, right? They do um, fucking Fly Guy when he comes out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I keep forgetting Fly Guy? <laughs> I, yeah, um, that's the thing.
1: I I felt like they were trying to do. They're doing another theme song bit with Fly Guy there, but they didn't quite.
0: Yeah, it's just so Fishbone's there, and they start playing his theme song, but then the scene leaves them behind. And then of course John Slade's got his own little. I love that little gag. With John, yeah. Oh, yeah. like well, this is my theme, theme music.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite gag in this set? Uh, I got, like, the, I wrote a couple months. To wrap it up, there's uh, the the room gag. Uh, (laughs) I also like when he goes to the, uh, uh, like, the Black Nation.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And how ineffective and shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's
1: like, they went to the government building with guns and they came out with jobs.
0: I mean, a little bit of a simplified take on the Black Justice and Rights Movement from that period, but. Uh, I I guess it is like it, it is a pretty good critique of like what, what happened mean, to a lot of revolutionary yeah, movements in general, right? Yeah, I mean. not just the black revolutionary movements, but revolutionary movements in general. A lot of people sell out, and they're like yeah, you got a bean soda. <laughs> 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 it's a quiet taste. Everything's beans. That's funny. Uh, my favorite gag is some of the recurring ones because um, I like <laughs> how's, he, how's he peeing? Yeah, <laughs> how's he pissing that? Because he's got all the gold on. And then uh, I like when um, uh, Damon and Kadeem always take the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, like... I feel
1: like, like uh, Fresh Prince goes on to steal that bit a little bit. Yeah, when they throw Jaz- Jeff
0: yeah. Jazzy Jeff out. I like the, the, What I like about going down the stairs is, first of all, how it's filmed. They're it just like... They're just like... Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> but um, you can tell it's like Stuntman. And then they're reactions to it are overdub yeah like that just makes it like so funny to me <laughs> i um hey we take the steps i step. love
1: the uh the stunt obvious stunt double for the mom oh yeah and i wish really they good. had done it in every scene she fights in. to be honest i think that would be
0: yeah that's the only scene where she really does a lot of fighting though op- but i
1: don't care like for any time she oh, does yeah. any action at all they should just cut it. it's like an obvious stunt dude
0: like in the beginning when she slaps uh Diamond, yeah. they just have to be a stunt dude <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I wouldn't mind.
1: And even at the end when he just throws her in the closet, she'd be stunted. He throws in the closet.
0: There's a part uh towards oh, the end. Oh, Rambo Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a part towards the end though where uh Slay's finally he's got the whole gang together and they first meet Keenan and uh they're like, What? How are you gonna be an action hero? And he's like, Well, I used to play football <laughs> <I love> that <laughs> Jim Brown's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh but in addition to that though. They're, like, kind of, like, climbing on him because he's, like, you know, small, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, he's in pretty good shape, and he's pretty tall. But then I was, like, looking at him and stuff, and I was like, look at how small his head is compared to those other guys. <laughs> you yeah, know, which is, like, an old-timey, like, boxing thing. Like, yo, you're looking at how little this. You gotta have a big head, big, strong head. Phrenology. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like... <laughs> Madden, that face is small. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, he just had a little, he, His head was too small compared to those other guys. Did you see how much jaw they had? They <laughs> can take a punch. Keenan can't take a punch. His jaw will pop off. Yeah. <laughs> Similar hairlines, though. Keenan had similar hairlines to those 40-year-old men. <laughs> uh, poor Keenan. He also never really recovered from, like, In Living Color. I mean, like...
1: I feel like he just like, I got money, I'm good.
0: Well, he's... Like, the fourth, third or fourth season, um...
1: Plus, doesn't he still produce, like, all the shit the Williams brothers did? No, he's
0: directed them and stuff. Yeah. I just mean he, like, didn't... He's never done on-camera stuff after, uh, it. really. I just don't
1: know. I mean, like, he's he's fine on-camera. I just don't know if he cared about it.
0: So, in Love, the history in Living Colors, Damon leaves first because he's going to have his movie career. And, like, he makes some movies I liked a lot as a kid. Like, remember Mo, Mo Money? That was a good movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, Blank Man? <laughs> and then he did the one with Adam Sandler. I oh,
1: I remember you. that one, too.
0: When Adam Sandler was first coming up.
1: Well, he, uh, he plays the Cop Man, and there's like a uh, criminal. Carthy for yeah, something. Yeah, something
0: like that. And that one wasn't very good. That was when I was like, I, I, I don't know, having Damon. having some did. funny jokes in it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like you should just do more money, <laughs> just do my money too. I don't know how it'll work, just do it. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. And then there's a problem with uh, the network or the studio or blah blah blah. And so Keenan dips out, and Sean and their sister go with them. And then like I think it's the fourth season of In Living Color is just not good because like no one's there <laughs> no one's. <there. laughs> Yeah. And they would bring in like some new white people and it's kinda like, well, kinda wasn't the point of the show, was <laughs> it? <laughs> uh remember Jamie Foxx is on Living Color though. That's yeah. the first time the world saw good old Jamie Foxx.
1: David Allen Greer was in uh, Living Color too. Oh he was in this. <laughs> who, who is a better cameo? David Allen Greer or uh Chris Rock?
0: It's really tough. <laughs> so uh, Chris Rock's like scene is like kinda iconic because it, it's like real Chris, full Chris Rockins the first time like you yeah. anyone really saw him just Hell doing yeah. like
1: give me get uh, give me get run. Mm-hmm.
0: but I Dave Allen Gears when I was watching it I was like Dave Dave Chappelle took the white guy voice from David
1: Allen <laughs> <laughs> um the the Chris Rock part like always reminds me of actually seeing a very similar situation in real in a situation in real life at Sabaro do you remember that Where, like some dude and his brother like okay wait you no know, what we only have this much so like how much is a if I can get like just a garlic knot for a dollar, I know it's two for for a dollar fifty, but you don't remember that? I don't actually. Oh, man, I still think about it sometimes. <laughs> it's <laughs> so like a they, five minute conversation with the people at tomorrow.
0: And then did they did he pull out a lot of money at the end? No, at the end
1: of the latest joint you know just don't fucking pay and go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. So that's me. That's how
1: you do it. That's how you do it.
0: Oh, I forgot to talk about my name is Dolomite. We should probably do that too, and as it applies to this movie. So. This movie is a parody or satire of the black exploitation films, right? It's, uh, any ghetto USA and you got to bring together the old heroes to protect the ghetto from the white man, which is, that's not, to be honest, that's the plot of a lot of black exploitation movies, but isn't that kind of like the plot of life? (laughs) (laughs) You got to protect yourself from the white man, wealthy white guys in particular, but anyhow, um, Dolomite. Is uh, Eddie Murphy's movie. Well, no. Well, Call me Dolomite. Yeah. Or my name is Dolomite. My name is Dolomite. Is Eddie Murphy's movie about Dolomite? Well, I guess specifically it's about the man that played Dolomite.
1: Rudy Ray Moore.
0: So, yeah, it's the story of Rudy Ray Moore and the production of Dolomite. Seemingly, based on this fact that I found that he, Eddie Murphy pitched the idea for I'm going to get you suck to Keenan. Like Seems like Eddie Murphy's a big fan of black exploitation films. That's what I'm going to get over this. And he probably never got over pitching the idea that so I'm going to get you, sucker. And he's like, you know what? Now's my time. 2019, the world's ready to learn about Rudy Ray Moore and Dolomite. And he was right. Did you like Dolomite?
1: I liked it. But I think I told you this before that I felt like it focused too much on the actual filming of the movie. And like, it was too much. I saw too many lines in the movie in My Name is Dolomite.
0: Oh, yeah. there's like... Like shot for shot scene recreations and stuff. Mm. I actually, so it does. And yeah, and it follows all the conventions of any like biopic. You know, yeah. like here's this, and here's all the story beats and stuff. I actually, liked it a lot though. I was inspired by it. I was like, yeah, you know what? If Rudy Ray Moore could do it, like approaching forty, he would have like his fucking second act, make a goddamn hit movie. I can do it too. I can get out there and make a movie. Hell yeah! Thank you Dolomite. Thank you Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Uh, also, it is just like funny as shit.
1: I would like to see Eddie Murphy actually try to do like a, an actual satire black exploitation movie, like or just make a black exploitation movie. A new Dolomite
0: movie. <laughs> and Wesley I mean,
1: Dolomite kind of was uh, a satire of a black exploitation
0: movie, sort of. Yeah, because it is. Obvi-
1: it's, it's obviously kind of like comedic, and
0: uh, Wesley Snipes is great in it too. It's good to see Wesley. Oh, yeah. It's good to see the Snipe man. <laughs> His character was kind of like not important, but I was glad Wesley Snipes was in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to think about. Um, well, I guess it's not funny. And I was thinking People might get the wrong idea from seeing My Name is Dolomite. That, uh, so Rich or uh, Rudy Ray Moore was like old and overweight by the time they did Dolomite and stuff.
1: Yeah, but not like. Not quite like Eddie Murphy portrayed him.
0: I mean, he had like a pop belly, but he was just like a 40 year old, you know?
1: Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I've seen. He had some
0: shoulders on him. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, well... What if it gives people the wrong idea about what exploitation is? Because exploitation movies usually were starring like big dudes. Like a lot of ex-football players. And stuff. You know, several ex-football usually players. Usually they look like they're fucking action stars. And they kind of like... Mm, Allude to that in the movie while they're filming, like Wesley Snipes calling them out and stuff. But it's,
1: I mean, they say it a couple times. Like you, don't, you don't look like one of these guys.
0: Yeah. I, I'll, also, like comedic aspect of the movie a little bit. I feel like maybe dolls like how impactful the real Dolomite is. Like it's like. Showing behind the scenes, and it's like, oh, Eddie, Rudy Ray Moore is nervous about his body, so they're gonna do like a comical sex scene. <laughs> like, I don't think that was the real motivation for doing that scene. I think it was more like it's gonna be fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think some of the some of it takes away like some of the like actual energy and interest and like gravitas that the actual Dolomite movie has, and so. I wouldn't necessarily if you haven't seen Dolomite, then don't watch My Name is Dolomite. Watch Dolomite first and then watch My Name is Dolomite. You can
1: subscribe to uh Brown Sugar on Amazon Prime. They got Dolomite. They got Dolomite. They got Shaft. There's like seven Dolomite movies, right?
0: Um, no, I think there's like two Dolomite movies, but then he goes on to keep making other movies like my favorite Rich uh uh Rudy Raymore. I keep getting You keep calling him Richard Richard Raymore. I keep yeah. You wanna call
1: him Richard Pryor, don't you? No,
0: Richard Roundtree, who's oh. Shaft? Um, oh, still yes. racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, is uh, Petey Wheatstraw. <laughs> that's the best. Uh, I've ra- seen that one. So there's a scene in My Name Is Dolomite where um, he's like, and then we'll have an exorcism, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's too much, too much. But in Petey Wheatstraw... I do an exorcism? Well, the villain is the devil, maybe? <laughs> and so there's, like, demonic possession and stuff in it in the ghetto. <laughs> it's, it's fucking good. Oh, shit, I'm watching that. The, it, it, well, Petey Wheatstraw is funnier than Dolomite on accident. You know what I mean? Like, they, it's kind of not as good or as passionate as Dolomite. So it kind of comes across as, like, uh, this is kind of bad, but whatever. Um, whereas Dolomite seems purposely funny. But it's just really fun to watch. There's like so many like bad editing mistakes in it. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. The, the Reverend, you know John Witherspoon. Yeah, he's famously pops in the Friday series. You know he just passed away on October 29th.
1: Yeah, he uh, he was in the uh, Wayne's Brothers uh, TV show too. Uh, he played pops in that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he was always just playing. He's someone, always playing pops. Always playing someone's dad. Uh, that sucks. I didn't realize he died until I was looking at his IMDb. Oh, really? I was going to text you I that. was like, oh, what? What the heck? Now there's never going to be a Friday reunion. <laughs> well,
1: that's probably true.
0: Or Ice Cube and Chris Tucker will have to attend his funeral on a Friday. <gasps> Fuck, I'm writing the screenplay tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Someone give Ice Cube my number.
1: Ice Cube don't need mo- no money, but he loves it. And Chris Tucker, he knows he needs money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but also, like, that's the greatest movie of their careers, so... Uh, Are we there yet, Kyle? It's time for there to be a new Friday, an actually good one. I know people like the second and third one, but to me, they're just, like, a little bit too broadly, like, goofy. I feel like the third one's way goofy. Well, it's like, they become, like, sitcom funny, sort of, and it's like, what? Eh. Eh.
1: Like, the first one's, like, really, like, a satire.
0: Not a satire. I think the first one's like a real good, like, hood story and, and, like, comedy. And then the second one's like, first of all, it's not Chris Tucker. It's uh, Omar, not Omar Epps.
1: Who was in my name? Or no, Mike Epps.
0: Epps. Um, uh, Mike Epps. He was like, I don't particularly think Mike Epps is that funny. He seems like a cool guy. Like, he'd be fun to hang out with, but I don't like his delivery or style I or something. Sworn I
1: remember him getting, him getting cast as Richard Pryor in a biopic. But oh, that might him.
0: actually work, though. I think
1: yeah. it was between him and Marlon Lance, so I remember.
0: Oh, yeah, you, you never know until you see it, and then you're kind of like, Well, maybe this guy could have done a better job. The second one's all right, but it's like not, it doesn't have the same vibe. And then the third one, I just feel like he's like, I, don't, I wouldn't even bother watching it. Actually, I don't know if I remember the third one, I don't know if I've seen the third one. Yeah. I just know like it didn't seem appealing at all. It just seemed dumb <laughs> like, real dumb. I don't know, but anyways, the first one's great, and since John Woodspoon's dead now. It's time for there to be a new Friday. A Friday... Friday funeral. Friday. (laughs) That's a sequel to the first Friday and acts like the second and third ones don't exist. Sorry, my cups. Yeah, like they did with Halloween and Terminator recently. (laughs) They're
1: probably going to do again with Terminator. Yeah,
0: it's a pre-sequel reboot sequel. For some reason... Ice Cube and Chris Tucker are gonna look like they're twenty years old. Now. <laughs> Even though it takes place like a couple months later, <laughs> gotta extend the possibility for uh, turn this into a real franchise. <laughs> Nonstop Friday. Stupid. Well, no, I actually do think you could write like a really good Friday sequel. Yeah. Um, like reuniting Chris Tucker and Ice Cube and stuff. Everything else I said about turning it into like a dumb prequel, sequel, yeah. reboot franchise. Fuck that shit. Just do, just do a cool sequel of Friday. The people need it. When did Friday 3 come out? Like
1: 2004? <laughs> it's been a long time.
0: It's, time. it's time to bring back Friday. Oh, um. while I was looking for the trailer for I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, I would like to bring up some of the recommendations YouTube gave me. Uh, a lot of them were just, like, things that are recommended to me based on other things I watched. But I can... Uh, absolutely, say for certainty, I do not ever go to Watch Mojo or their YouTube channel. But when I went to go look for the, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Couple of the recommendations were in there. In there were um, top ten best hood movies, top ten best gangsters in a movie, and you know just some other like vaguely racist shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, YouTube, you really know your audience, huh? <laughs>
1: You know that algorithm. It's uh, it's decidedly uh, right-wing.
0: Yeah, and then it like, recommended me like some, like... Um,
1: we saw you watch something on BreadTube. Would you also like to watch Ben Shapiro?
0: <laughs> ben Shapina? No, it was also, rec- like, a, uh, like Sheck West, or like one of the newer rappers that, Like I haven't listened to at all. Uh-huh. It's like, well, you looked at one black people thing, how about another black people thing? <laughs> it's like, I listen to a lot of hip-hop, though, so I don't know why I would recommend, like... Uh, like Their s- algorithm is bullshit. Yeah. I, don't g-
1: I don't give a shit what you, uh, Google says. It, it, they're awful at it.
0: It doesn't make sense how it works. It's all just, like... It's
1: the same thing, like, when I first heard about Pandora. Uh, like, you no, know, it doesn't do what you say it does. Shut up.
0: No, it doesn't, because you've everything on Pandora it recommends the same shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I feel like listening to... I'll take disparate examples. Right? I feel like listening to Arcade Fire Radio, you're going to get the same fucking bands as if you're like, all right, I decided I want to listen to Modest Mouse, right? Yeah. Because they came out about the same time. Well, no, just because they're both indie. So you just get the same list of indie bands, even though Modest Mouse and Arcade Fire don't sound anything alike. Also... Modest Mouse came out like the early 90s. I'm just thinking about when they got
1: popular, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Float On. Float when they, On came out around the same yeah. time Arcade Fire's okay. first album. Yeah, there, you
0: know? you're right. I think it's more Asshole. just because they're...
1: I know when they came out. I'm familiar with Modest Mouse. Indie.
0: All these indie bands sound the same. Or even, um like, fucking... All right, so... I feel like I want to listen to some old school dubstep. I'm going to listen to Burial, right? Burial doesn't sound anything like dubstep you dumb kids are used to. Damn kids (laughs) your EDM But if you listen to Burial, it's gonna play a few like other similar artists from that time period or that subgenre, that sort of vibe, but then it's gonna be like and maybe skrillex I mean like this is not this is not what I meant by dubstep. Yes, so it's just using like keywords and stuff. And also, if you like go to listen, like, or you're like, oh, I want to listen, like, fucking. You said yeah.
1: like like fifteen times in that sentence.
0: Oh, oh well. You're like, oh, I'm gonna listen to like, I, I want to listen to like West Coast hip hop. You know what I mean? It's fucking like, Kendrick, Schoolboy Q, shit like that. Oh, I was Suddenly, of Snoop Dogg Oh, it's even worse with that because they'll throw Biggie in there, and yeah. you're just like, what? Fuck the East Coast. I never grew out of it. <laughs> it's actually more like since I never heard like East Coast rap growing up and only the West Coast stuff, all the West Coast stuff is like really nostalgic and cool to me. And then Biggie just sounds like, Oh, here's some 90s shit. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Biggie, nothing against him. I understand. He's a good artist or whatever. It's just not for me. Not for me. They <laughs> didn't play it around town. So it's not there. Yeah. It's, so anyways, the algorithms, these stupid ass websites, these suck. you suck. Know, they, they don't know anything. They're just keywords and like cliches and, I think they're all just, all the algorithms, math is racist.
1: No, here's it's, it's 100%, here's what it is. Most of these guys think they're libertarians, right? And oh. And so they're, that's how they are design their algorithms.
0: Well, oh, so they're um, objectivists, right? Yeah. Kind of like uh, Rorschach from uh, Watchmen? No, Kyle, he's a hero. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Alan Moore specifically said he's supposed to be a shitty asshole and he's... Um, a commentary on all these politicians that have objectivist views, where they actually end up just being racist and shitty. When Watchmen premiered, everyone got mad that the alt right, far right, like racist group were wearing watchdog masks and stuff. It's like perfectly in line with his character. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Did you did you
1: read Watchmen? Because I did. <laughs> well,
0: that's the thing is, a lot of a lot of people seemingly read Watchmen and did not understand it. In fact, someone gave uh, this man millions of dollars to make a Watchmen movie, and he completely didn't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) But they gave him money and let him do it. (laughs) Remember those badass fight scenes?
1: Remember how uh, he also didn't understand
0: Superman? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just... uh, The glorification of violence in Watchmen is so ridiculous to me. I get, like...
1: Slow motion. Well, he did it in 300, so we got to do slow motion (laughs) fight scenes.
0: Well, that's his visual style, but it's like, all right, well... It's worth in three hundred and nowhere fucking else. Don't let him direct Watchmen, because <laughs> the, the one of the major themes of Watchmen is violence and power, are just weird corruptions of human mentality. Right, like none of the heroes, heroes in the story are actually heroic. A lot of them just have personal reasons or grudges or vendettas, or uh, sometimes they can't get a boner unless they commit violence. It's basically a critique of the superhero mindset, what would it take to be a vigilante? All of them are pieces of shit. And then Watchmen, the film comes out, and it's like, look at how good they are at violence, and they're solving all the problems with extreme violence, and it looks cool. And then they have very romantic sex. (laughs) It's not that... Yeah, it
1: was a little weird with the night owl. It's
0: not like that night owl's a troubled individual and has just the mental illness and all these problems that... He may be the most well-adjusted of the new. I mean, I'll argue that 100
1: (laughs) ten ways from Sunday. He's the most adjusted of Uh those. He's (laughs) the
0: least asshole of the assholes, but he's still like a weird. Yeah, his problems are all
1: personal, and they have very little effect on anyone else. Yeah, everyone else
0: is. Everyone else has a lot of personal problems, and they just perpetuate them on other people. Yeah,
1: but no. no Dr. I mean, Manhattan might be the fucking worst because he's like, I don't have any personal problems. Meanwhile, he's nothing but personal problems <laughs> affecting yeah. an entire world.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's tried so hard to be uh, above humanity, right? And While then. I'll, being wallowed in it. In yeah, well, times. just, oh, I can't stop having sex with these young girls. <laughs> uh, I guess that coincides with the beginning of talking about Watchmen. Um, I'm, I don't know
1: how we got on the. This doesn't coincide with I'm going to get you sucker very well.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued to see if it. So, for, there's only three episodes of the TV show, and a lot of it's like because it's a TV show and they have to do that manipulative writing, especially because it's Damon Lindelof. It's like, um, oh, he's never manipulated anybody with writing. We just got to do mysteries and secrets for about eight episodes, and then all of everything you're worried about could easily be solved if um, these characters, these two characters, had a conversation, but we'll cut away and they won't finish the conversation. So, some of that shit, right? Yeah, so it's like, well, maybe it'll end up being a legitimate interesting reflection of watchmen more than the film was hopefully but so far it's just kind of like
1: i'm gonna have amazon i guess i'll watch it
0: yeah so far it's just like well this is okay what's going on was, oh mysteries so people continue to watch tv show luckily it is just supposed to be one season of nine episodes so there should be actual resolution at the end so it can be a coherent narrative but we'll see because it's Damon Lindelof <laughs> and uh also making money and uh yeah uh, everyone go out and watch I'm gonna get you sucker I know like yeah,
1: to summarize watch I'm gonna get you sucker maybe watch Watchmen uh
0: I now I'm same thing with Death Stranding um before I really critique or recommend or anything like that I gotta finish it Watchmen the same thing don't bother watching Watchmen until all the episodes are out uh, I think, and then even then, judging by what happens with the rest of the episodes, I mean, probably still don't watch it, but who knows? It could be mind-blowing <laughs> by the time you get to the last episode. You just gotta wait and see on that, assuming Death Stranding. I will say Death Stranding is, the story is very cool and interesting to me. There's a lot of, like, uh, personal narratives that they've dropped, like the character of Mama and her sister is really interesting so far, but... There's just a lot of video game getting in the way <laughs> of the interesting movie I wanted to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I just video, video games aren't for me anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I okay. agree. And as good as Kojima is at game design. uh, So first off, the, the push to make everything open world and can a less controlled experience doesn't favor Kojima's storytelling. Or it doesn't really favor anyone's storytelling, to be honest. So that element kind of it's ruining the pacing of the story, that's why I'm like fucking get the game out of the way. Get this video game shit out of here. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. And then him leaning into it for I guess the Phantom Pain and then carrying over some of those design aspects into the stranding, like didn't I don't think it helps the game at all. It doesn't like ruin it or anything, but it's like not
1: Yeah, I've heard that there are like a lot of uh intricate subsystems.
0: The thing is, another problem with video games, to be honest, is uh, since they are for like the lowest common denominator, you have to make them so everyone can possible can understand what's going on in the game. Uh-huh. Uh, all these uh, different menu options and having your next mission explained to you like three different ways and blah blah, blah absolutely does not need to be in the game, <laughs> and it's only in there because so that anyone possible can play the game. But I wish there was an option to like
1: simplified UI or spoiler. Yeah,
0: we're just like no, I don't need like a hologram of Die Hardman every fucking delivery to tell me about what I just did and what I need to do next and then have someone on the codec call me and tell codec. me Codec? Yeah, there's way too much repetitive information. That's the,
1: I gotta, that's the one thing I really missed from Metal Solid 4 is there was not enough codec conversation. And I still haven't played 5, so I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever play 5. So a lot of the limitations or a lot of the repetitive nature people are blaming on Kojima's being overly verbose. But I actually think it's because of the way video games are structured in general. Because it's the same problem that I had with Red Dead Redemption, where fucking okay, everything is an animation. So you know what I mean? Like you have to sit and wait for this, and it's like it's not beneficial to video games, and it's not beneficial to storytelling. Video games in general need to get rid of that shit. And this, they fucking the push to make everything open world needs to go. That shit does not matter if you're trying to tell a compelling story. In fact, it's gonna ruin it. Open-world shit is not good for storytelling. All it does is kill the pace. <laughs> Say it again. Kills the pace. Open-world storytelling is bullshit. That's the thing. That, when I started the stranding at first, I was doing, like, the side deliveries and stuff. You're just because like, nah, I was fuck it. having a good time walking around doing stuff. But now I'm like, nope. I'm fucking... This doesn't do shit for me. I don't care. I just want to see the story. So I just got to hurry up and do all the story beats. And because, of like, the distance you have to travel for shit, it, like, makes the length in between story beats, like... Relatively long.
1: <laughs> did, not, uh, did he actually encode the? Uh, it's, the en- <laughs> <States>? <laughs> it's the entire
0: length of the United States. Not everything's scaled down, but it's still like damn. Yeah, and then the the BTS when they show up at this point, it's just become more of an annoyance than scary or dangerous. So that sucks. That's another problem with video games that where you just have to repeat the same patterns. Yeah, it's like the nothing about the BTS can evolve or make it more dangerous. It has to stay the same so that. Uh, regular ass dummies can just continue to repeat the same patterns and they don't get frustrated and stop playing the game because for some reason, every video game needs to be able to be beaten by five-year-olds <laughs> and oh, if we just, you introduce a new mechanic. That's actually just a slight variation on an existing mechanic. Let's walk you through it all over again, cause there's no way you'd be able to figure it out on your own. No way. So basically video games are the problem. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, Kojima should just start making movies. Like, fuck it. Just don't make video games anymore. Just make movies.
1: Send him a letter. Let him know.
0: Yeah. That's what he's always wanted to do anyways. He's getting old now. Fuck it. Video I games mean, are I only could, holding him I back. Could, honestly,
1: at this point in his career, I have to imagine that someone will let him make a movie.
0: Absolutely. They can even, like, make it in the video game engine. It I looks mean, cool. Sony
1: is, makes movies all the time. I guarantee you someone will throw him a couple million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's was, way cheaper than the video games he makes. Yeah,
0: so the thing I liked about Kojima as far as video game maker for a long time was, uh, he did innovate different things. Remember in the first Metal Gear Solid, where it's like Merrill's codec numbers on the back yeah. of the CD case, it's literally on the back of the game CD, CD case. case. Or we fight Psycho Manus and you have to change the controller. Or he reads and, your memory card. And tells yeah. Me other you're shit like that, you know. But there's like, video games are way too regimented now and the structure that video like people expect the market expects from video games all it does is hold back like storytelling and seemingly kojima specifically and so like i don't think there's anything left in video games for him we'll see though i'm only halfway i got like eight more chapters to go <laughs> he's gonna turn around but uh <laughs> yes <yeah>, so <laughs> that's been death stranding Watchmen. i'm gonna get you suck <laughs> <Dolomite. laughs> been... what's uh what's next week next week we're gonna watch brazil Terry Gilliam's dystopian and, uh, masterpiece, Robert D.
1: Nero, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Brazil. It's uh, uh it's kind of I don't. know, Depending on how things go, <laughs> if we don't get to an extreme fascist dystopia, we'll definitely have an extreme bureaucratic dystopia, and it'll be Brazil. That'll <laughs> be pretty bummy, I guess. No, they'll probably be, America will probably get the extreme fascist dystopia. Germany will be the extreme bureaucratic dystopia. <laughs> They'll be like, we're keeping the world together <laughs> with our documents. United States, before you declare war on the entire Southeast of Asia, you need to fill out this form. Intriplicate. And then people will be like, hashtag resistance. <laughs> when Germany does that. Uh, Brazil, McVentureProductions.com. I'm a get you sucker. Watch Dolomite. Watch Shaft. Watch, my name is Dolomite. Watch the Williams Brothers show. Watching Living Color. I don't know where you can watch The Living Color at, but it would probably be good to watch the Living Color. Sh- oh
1: yeah, I, I think know. like the first two maybe seasons. it's streaming somewhere. It's the first two or three. Pro, pro yeah. If I'm
0: right. um, go to AdventureProductions.com. Give us money. Maybe like and subscribe and hit that bell for the notification. Oh, this... Fucking okay, smash that like button, YouTubers. <laughs> hey gamers. Hey gamers, smash that like button. Go out there and you're gonna
1: see uh the ads here, you're gonna click on the thing and do a and a review.
0: Hey gamers, it's me, Kizavon Video Games. I'm here to review Death Strandy. Um I already did it though. Fucking go give us money, follow us on Twitter. Review this shit on iTunes. I think it still matters, I don't know. I don't know actually what matters anymore in society. It seems like everyone has a podcast like fucking crypto fascists and stuff like they have podcasts. I don't know. There's this lady. I saw her podcast? She's an ex CIA operative. She's got a podcast about like flipping houses or some shit. (laughs) I don't know, man. There's something out there for everyone, I guess. Um, And we're for no one fucking VHS. VHS (laughs) VHS cult, man.